Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Blockware Intelligence Podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, FTX US. FTX US, one of the largest crypto companies in the United States, is the safest, most regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other digital assets. You might have heard of FTX from their partnerships with Tom Brady, Steph Curry, or the recent Super Bowl commercial with Larry David. With FTX, you can trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than top competitors. There are no fixed minimum fees, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees. You can also use the FTX app to buy your favorite NFTs with no gas fees, supporting both Ethereum and Solana blockchains. Download the FTX app today in minutes by going to ftx.blockwareintelligence.com to earn free crypto on every trade over $10. Again, that's ftx.blockwareintelligence.com to get started today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Blackware Intelligence Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest for you. We have entrepreneur, author, and Bitcoin thought leader, Jeff Booth. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a pleasure to finally get you on here. Anytime, Will. It's, it's a pleasure to watch your uh, rise and what you've done in this community. So congrats. Thank you. It means a lot. I'm uh, following the footsteps of you and other giants. So um, you know, I, I wish we had met in Miami. We were just talking about this a second ago, but I mean, it was wild. I met all kinds of people. You were the one of the, the few that I didn't really bump into. I think I kind of saw you from a distance. So maybe, maybe next year. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll make a plan of it next year. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's chaotic. Uh, like yeah. I said, just before this, it's like, uh, two days in, I felt like I was in Vegas for a week. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you take Miami in doses, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it was a, it was a pleasure to listen to your to your panel. It was, a, it was a little early, but I got there like 15 minutes in, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I made an effort to to get there to to see at least the majority of it. So really enjoyed oh, thanks. that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, cool. I mean, I kind of want to start with just this tweet that you put out earlier. Uh, it kind of really like got me thinking a little bit about what exactly you were talking about here. You said. Um, it was the snowflake tweet. You said <laughs> snowflakes everywhere these days and lots of people talking about them while instability reigns. So could you kind of expand for me and for the audience, like what exactly were you referring to here? What, it, what are the snowflakes? And then the more important question to me is what is the avalanche? Cause you know, this, this tweet you had kind of an avalanche gif in it. So I'm curious what, what that resembled. I've said on many uh, podcasts uh, in, in when you understand the structure of the markets and you understand the structure where things are going, um, people are bound to look at scapegoats um, and look at individual. I've said, so which snowflake causes the avalanche? Um, and, and, and that's what, that's what a lot of people are doing today. They're looking at events, all of the events that they feel something's changed in the world. They can't pinpoint what's changed and the, and it's getting, and, and, things are becoming more and more unfamiliar to them all the time. And they think it's the one thing when it's the entire structure of the, of the market going through a phase transition. And, and so, so it's, it, it, it may be easy if, if Japanese bonds run away and that causes, uh, uh, causes things to, to unfold. It could be any number of things could be a war could be a war expanding that uh, could, could cause this but it's all driven by the same breaking of the tenants of money and the trust in money which is just a division of our labor and trust um, and a manipulation of that globally 
that has to get worse and worse and worse. And so, and people are looking at the individual events instead of the overall macro trend. Sure. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I guess what you're saying is, you know, like we're in a more fragile state than ever, and, you know, it could be really anything, but we're very susceptible to one of those events kind of tipping us over into that avalanche. Right. And so like going off of that, there, I mean, there's no shortage of like current events right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this year has been nuts. It's been like, um, we're only four, four, well, almost five months into the year now. Um, I mean, it's, it's been insane. Um, and as well, you know, really the last two years and it's just been like all kinds of stuff going on. So like, what are some of those, I guess, potential, um, catalysts that you could foresee maybe playing out this year? I mean, we've got like bonds selling off aggressively. Um, you've got Russia invaded Ukraine earlier this year, inflation at like 40 year highs. I mean, what are, what are some of the, I guess I would ask, what are, what are some of the metrics and, and different indications that you have an, you know, have your eye on throughout the year? To kind of, and and I think that that's uh, you've probably heard me say this many times, but but when people are measuring a system from a system that uh, that mathematically just has to get more chaotic, and when you have misinformation in that system, that leads to misinformation everywhere in the system, and so but but that system is the system that everybody is living through and measuring everything else through. So it's hard to see change from that system and people are reinforcing it. And actually they're giving it more weight. They're giving it more energy as they lean into these events that have to get worse. And so the, the, the frequency, the time band of all of these events, it feels like it's speeding up and it's, it's all caused by the same thing. You have a technology that's driving deflation, a, a, a giant force in the world as, as the free market is trying to make things cheaper and uh, a monetary policy that's trying to fight that. And by fighting it, you're pushing more and more wealth and power into very few hands, and the consequences are very predictable. So if you just, if you just understand that, you know that the existing system to be, able to, to be able to counter, to try to counter that trend, which they can't. In fact, the more they print, the more they accelerate the technology adoption because every business needs to automate or die. Otherwise, we wouldn't use those. And so you have two forces moving further and further apart, and people are confused. That's what's happening in the world today. And, mm-hmm. and what, what ends up happening, and, and I said this on the Bitcoin stage, and I think it's one of the most underappreciated things in Bitcoin, that, um, that, that if you look at long debt cycles and where Ray Dalio misses, uh, misses this and he thinks... Okay, China's going to win kind of the global competition. Um, I don't suspect that that's going to happen because they have a debt bubble that's just as big. There's no country that's ever created as much debt to GDP as China, China as fast as they have. It, the Chinese miracle is a debt miracle um, and, and they're over their skis. So that could be the, the, the snowflake too. They're in the same problem everywhere. Um, around the world. And so if you look at long-term debt cycles, they're, they're created because technology has always been deflationary. Um, in the Roman times at a slower rate. So long-term debt cycles blew up every 500 years and the fall of Rome would be 500 years because an inflationary monetary policy against that where you have hard money, but to drive velocity of money, you need credit expansion. And if you have credit contraction, 
the whole thing starts to unwind into a depre depression. So, so countries never choose credit contraction. They, they choose monetizing their debt, which is what we're, we're having. And, and at the end of that cycle, you have typically a blow up or a world war and a new dominant currency that resets the paradigm, typically back to a hard currency and a hard currency with a credit model on top of it. What Bitcoin is, what Bitcoin becomes is that hard currency that has velocity of money built into the network. So you have unlimited velocity of money without the credit, without the, without the credit binges and um, on, on top of it. So it removes human control of monetizing this. Uh, and, and so what's really happening is a phase transition from an economic model that we had to rely on the, um, before, uh, before Bitcoin to an economic model that sets incentives, the, the right incentives so for the world to cooperate. That's a big deal. One thing that you had kind of touched on, which I want to like backtrack a little and get you to expand upon a little bit. Um, it reminded me of my conversation with Preston a few months ago. And one of the things he said, which really stuck with me was that like, as we get towards the latter half of the existence of the current fiat system and slowly make that transition and then suddenly towards the Bitcoin system, uh, he, he used this analogy of like a woman giving birth. And obviously, you know, I haven't experienced this, but, you know, <laughs> Uh, as you get closer to when you know the woman is actually going to give birth, the contractions speed up, right? And and as that you know as that occurs, he was he was, he was analogizing that to like the current fiat system and like the essential like the volatility and how crazy everything is getting. And as the system continues to throw these fits, you're going to see more you know unrest, um, you know more craziness in the world for lack of better term. And then as well, obviously in the financial system, actual volatility in, in assets. Um, do you think kind of going off that framework, do you think it's safe to say that as you know, we get closer to this birth of this new system, you'll see the volatility in Bitcoin actually increase compared to what a lot of people have been talking about is that, oh, you know, as we get institutions, you know, more mature derivatives around Bitcoin, um, you know, that's going to kind of damper the volatility out. Uh, it seems like kind of going off that framework, it would kind of go the other way around as we get closer to the birth of that new system. Would you kind of agree with that assessment? So Bitcoin is going to be volatile for a long time. We're so early in this in this process and the existing system is going to be volatile. Um, and I, I wrote, I think two years ago, you might have read it, the, the uh, article called The Greatest Game. Yes. Um, if you follow where we are on the, on both systems, you can you can see where we are, and, and one of the things I wrote in it is you're going to see relative calm or proxy wars or anything else as each actor in the other system is trying to protect themselves and 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 what it what it really is is a breaking of trust all over the world, and nobody figuring out how to trust labor or trust another country, and and what ends up happening in that is the the terrible thing is we turn against each other. We're, what ends up happening is our minds are co-opted into a system out of national pride or for, first, uh, first, uh, typically populist leaders get elected by promising to give more money that they don't have to, to 
to take back wealth from those greedy capitalists when it wasn't it wasn't a capitalist system in the beginning it was a manipulated system that drove that but because you can't build walls high enough to keep the have-nots out um if you destroy money that uh, like uh, from, uh, from that if you transfer wealth at that rate so populist leaders get elected and what would you if if a leader came in today and let's say in the u.s and said okay our system we can't pay back the debt there's no way to pay back the debt so we're going to stop printing money would you uh, uh, would you elect them no yeah because <laughs> what would ha- what would happen there's there's nothing backing the currency but credit and so that credit unwind would would happen all over the world and it would just unwind and there would be there would be riots there'd be riot complete riot so 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 the system can't save itself unfortunately and so what ends up happening is most of the most of the revenue to pay for all of the service comes from theft from it from a hidden hidden inflation it has to get worse and it has to get worse and it all over the world so so you have you have people being elected you we think we live in a democracy but you don't have a vote in in the most important thing in your life um so it, it so communism and capitalism look almost the same so you have these ideologues that we're all brainwashed into fighting for free market um versus communism on one on, on a different ideologue and they both look exactly the same um i i wish i didn't have to say that but that today they both look very very similar um and and unfortunately that can't be solved from the system there's no way to solve that from the system because the debt is too great all over the world and there's no way governments are going to come together in this in this arena of mistrust and trust to do the right thing globally it's why you have to have a parallel system building stronger and stronger um, in parallel and that's what bitcoin is it's a parallel system that fixes this mess now the people that go early on that system there's more of the rewards of that system there's a whole uh, entrepreneurs that are going to come into that system and build on top of the layer two and three uh, protocols what's going to happen is going to be amazing and 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 you you're a perfect example of of seeing that system early creating value for others and that value that you're creating for others has created your value and 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 if you're in the new system it's really hopeful it's super powerful and so what you're finding is people are object or kind of moving out of the system to the new system they're they're building the future and that and, and i get really excited about what's going to happen on that new system when you have an in, incentive essentially incentives aligned for the best in humanity rather than the worst in humanity have you ever heard the the two wolves which one you feed <laughs> so, a native uh saying that you have two wolves good one and a bad one which one you feed gets stronger and so so in uh in in bitcoin it's an incentive uh, system that feeds the good wolf let me ask you this because this is something that like i don't want to say keeps me up at night because maybe that's a little dramatic but 
I think about this transition to the new system and, and during that, obviously there's going to be some people that were in early movie, early movers and are kind of late adopters. Um, I don't know. And I think in a lot of interactions I have with people on Twitter, some of it is just people are almost in disbelief about how optimistic we can be about the future. It's almost like, how dare you be so optimistic? How dare you have this positive outlook on the future? And that kind of concerns me because like, I think, during that transition, it could go kind of one or two ways. Like we could go smooth or we could have kind of this abrupt, ugly transition where people almost resent Bitcoiners. And in that sense, like you want to not tell people that you have Bitcoin, all this, this sort of thing. Like, how do you kind of foresee that, you know, maybe not one specific outcome, but array of potential outcomes of that kind of transition taking place to the new, to the new system? It's going to be an ugly transition. Um, and I, and, and it's why you can have, I can have empathy for what people are going through in the existing system and, and completely detach and, and try to speak because if you're imagine yourself and you're working three jobs to try to keep up and your grocery just bill just went up 20%. Um, and, and are you liable to have the time to investigate Bitcoin? Or are you going to trust the government that says we're going to give you more free money and take it out of your other pocket faster than they gave it to you? And so, so if you if you if you understand the function of how people might act if they're stressed and in that system, then you could have empathy for what they're going through, but still advocate for a better system, even if they don't know what's better for them yet. Um, and and so. I understand and, and, and knowing that the existing system, how it has to get worse and it will get, and it will get worse. And, and, and that's gonna, it's going to try to turn that you can see already a bunch of narratives that are patently false about Bitcoin coming out of the system, trying to protect itself. That has to keep going. That ha- has to keep going. Sorry to cut you off. I just want to make this quick comment. It's just like it. It doesn't even seem like it's about the validity of Bitcoin as a protocol anymore. Like we saw this article last week. It was essentially saying like Bitcoiners are uh, was it psychopaths, <laughs> and it's not even an actual tangible argument on Bitcoin. It's just a straight up attacking the people that believe in this new system. Yeah, because because when you when you don't when you don't have truth on your side. Uh, or valid arguments on your side, you go to name calling and you, you try to make an enemy out of a different group of people. Now, the problem that happened, uh, the problem that they're facing problem that the system's facing is that attack at the number of Bitcoiners and the number and, and how intelligent this market is and the intelligence in it and all of the ecosystem of people building on top of it globally is, is too hard to stop at this point. It's just too big a network and it's too, too many people see hope in it to be able to stop. Like the not inertia. That they, not, not that there won't be, not that there won't be attacks, but, uh, but, but those, uh, and those attacks may get worse. ESG is a perfect attack vector that it's, uh, um, but, but when you, when you say, see it, when, when you look at ESG, ESG is the system, right? There's no way to solve the thing that, that they claim to want to solve from a system that must grow forever against the free market. So, so the only way to solve ESG is to adopt Bitcoin. Um, 
you know, that, that, it's funny, but I never really thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and here because people are one level down, they're talking about um, how it how it's a it 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 takes us to an abundant energy transition, and that's true too. And there's 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 an economic incentive for 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 ener- that that energy transition, which is a really great thing. But that's actually a level down from the primary argument. The primary argument should be, okay, how do you solve how do you solve economic uh, how do you solve ESG from a from a system that'll manipulate money to grow forever against the free market? And and you'll you'll hear crickets because there is no answer. <laughs> yeah, I remember you said something along those lines to like Bill Gates, and I think you like ratioed him on Twitter or something, and I got a kick out of it. But yeah, it's it's funny, like yeah, and. What are, you, what are you going to say back to that? There's, there's literally no solution. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, I want to ask you about, like, obviously we've got, like, a lot of geopolitical uncertainty. I mean, just flat out in general. Um, when we transition to this new system, do you think we'll be in kind of, like, a more peaceful regime? Um, and I guess, like, how to, as, like, a more specific question on that, like, how do you see kind of like geopolitical incentives shifting in that new system? So, so now those geopolitical incentives are, are kind of driven from um, a competition with other nations, right? Uh, for, for resources, for control of currencies, for kind of military. Um, and, and they're, they're, and, and there's almost a checkmate. If you're another nation, and you don't have nuclear weapons, you're trying to develop them as fast as you can, right? That puts the world in a very dangerous spot because we've never been at this point on a, on a transition between currencies um, and had weapons to destroy the earth. And, and any single thing, any single actor could precipitate something that could make this a very dangerous game. Um, so, um, the other side of that, assuming we don't annihilate ourselves on, on, on the way through, is, is this change moves the shelling point from global competition to global cooperation. And, it's a, and, 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 and that shelling point moving from global cooperation, if you just think, if you think about the, mar, uh, the uh, marginal cost um, of production, and the marginal cost of production, which used to have us in it, labor is one of the biggest pieces that labor rate that labor is being removed with technology and what that means is prices fall to the margin the marginal cost of production which is near zero in a lot of cases over over time that change of uh, of of prices falling at that rate means we get abundance if we allow the abundance so bitcoin and it means even if you hate Bitcoin, right? If you looked at your calculator app on your phone, people think that it's on your phone uh, because of advertising and it's free because of advertising. It's free because it's a line of code and there's no entrepreneurs that want to write another calculator app to compete against that line of code because there's no money in it. And so what ends up happening is as more and more things become technology enabled, they keep driving down in price and that abundance, the only way for that abundance to be broadly shared is, is an incentive, is an economic system that allows deflation, allows that to happen, to be broadly shared. Meaning 
you could hate Bitcoin. You could be one of the people over here yelling at it and it'll still benefit you. No, that, that, that's, yeah, that's powerful. And like, from like a market standpoint, the other thing too, I was thinking about this the other day is like with Bitcoin, the market in, in different regions around the world, like benefits people in the opposite regions of the world. Like one example of this would be like in early 2021, we had this like massive spread between like spot and futures, right? So the, you know, Preston was like jamming on the contango, contango, contango. Um, and, you know, you, you couldn't arb this really in the U.S. because there was like the this regulatory barrier to access the exchanges where the, the spread was so high. And it is interesting because, you know, this is like very simple in, in nature, but actually quite powerful in my mind. The fact that here in the United States, you were benefiting from people capturing that spread overseas because this was drawing capital into spot, right? They're you know, buying spot Bitcoin and then selling in the future to capture the spread, which is incentivizing capital to come into spot, sell the future until that, that spread comes down. Um, but you know, here in the US, we're benefiting from that that spot buying, which obviously is like a price thing and isn't quite as like, you know, um, like ideological as kind of some of the things you're saying. But I think it's just an example from like my mind, I'm always thinking specifically about like price and stuff. You know, that it's like a, an example of how, you know, in with Bitcoin around the world, you know, it, it, it sees, it seeps through these barriers and benefits people who aren't necessarily like a direct actor in whatever that specific action is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because we've had to trade, we've had to trade between nations and trade barriers and currency blocks and, um, and pegs to different currencies and, and a manipulated layer that actually builds more mistrust between people. The entire thing that and it has to keep going it has to get worse and worse and worse so it's not it's not the people in china we d- dislike or d- have anything against it's a nation state that looks a certain way that we we we're worried about what happens if we have a cbdc like that and a surveillance state like that and that would strive that and that drives our emotion to say wow that's a really dangerous place underneath that state there's a whole bunch of individual people and beautiful people right that would trade with us in an, in a in, in in a in a way if the rules were fair you didn't have to trust someone else making up the rules we would trade with it would be a peer-to-peer network and and what you're going to see all over the world is that peer-to-peer network is going to expand and expand and expand and there's nothing that can stop it yeah, it reminds me a lot of like the sovereign individual and just how, you know, essentially, I mean, it, it becomes even more deflationary, right? Because then, you know, you have the the barriers of the current system that you just described come down and, you know, you get the actual lowest price for everything because capital is just going to migrate to where the, the lowest uh, price is. And, 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 and then it solves the Triffin dilemma as, as well, because it, it, essentially the world needs a neutral reserve asset or neutral reserve currency, because if 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 the capital all moves there to be able to to expand the economy, then their la- then their labor rates rise, and as their labor rates rise, it moves it moves around. So it really is essentially in, in in a Bitcoin standard. I think a lot of people mistake this. If I have a whole bunch of wealth in Bitcoin, um, then I'm going to build a leverage system on top of it, and and I've just transferred wealth from these people to the new new controllers of the world. It won't look anything like that. 
the debt is going to be way less of a component on top of Bitcoin. Um, and in other words, to transact in Bitcoin, as you start transacting in Bitcoin, the only way to, to essentially make more Bitcoin is to provide value to others as they, as they uh, deem value, not as you deem value. So it is a real free market force. And that's who, and, and so if you try to capture that value by, let's say, a control structure, I hire an army to keep my value, I'm distributing my Bitcoin by doing that. When you kind of alluded to this and like kind of half answered this, but like, how do you see productivity and like the incentives around productivity shifting in the sense of like, you know, if we're all holding Bitcoin and the price is just can, maybe I shouldn't say the price going up in USD terms, but you know, the amount of goods and services that we're able to buy going up over time. Um, do you think that lowers the incentive to, to for, for productivity or like, how do you kind of like think through that? I, 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 I think a, a whole bunch of the nonsense won't get funded. A whole bunch of the, I, I think there's right now over, over 20% of the S&P can't make interest, the interest payments on their debt obligations. Um, and so, there, so the amount of destruction of capital by continually printing money, but but it, it is is staggering, and so, um, so that goes away, and there's a cleaning of a of the system, and there's a whole bunch of misallocation of capital that goes away. Productivity increases. Productivity, uh, you know, for a time it might de decrease because you're having to go through um, a cycle change. Um, but, but productivity increases and, and you just have to think, do you still, you know, where Bitcoin is going, you know, your value of Bitcoin is going to be a lot higher. Do you still spend money today or do you buy everything or do you not eat and don't buy a computer? You don't buy a phone, um, and buy everything in Bitcoin, but of course you still buy things. Um, so the, the world will still look at like that. And you, of course you'll still make investments. You'll make an investment where you think you're, your return is going to be higher than your rate of return on, on Bitcoin. Now that bar is a lot higher now, but it's also one of the reasons why I set up uh, ego death capital because, because the Bitcoin only ecosystem fund, because there's so much, so many entrepreneurs that are going to enter this space. And there's just a, it, it, it's an amazing opportunity to bet on those entrepreneurs on what's on what's going to happen and, uh, and what they're going to build on top of Bitcoin. Hey Jeff, let, let's uh, talk about that fund. I, I saw the, the announcement on Twitter on on your page and Lynn's page. It's you know for maybe anybody who didn't see the tweet, kind of tell us you know um, what was the purpose of starting that fund and um, you know what are you guys kind of trying to accomplish there? One of my challenges was so a couple fold. I wanted to spend more time in this industry, actually making a difference and 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 in in the uh, advocating and advancing the industry, because it's it's where things are going. And I wanted to put my capital to work there, and I couldn't I couldn't keep up with the amount of inbound people coming to me, and so this became a vehicle where my partners Nico and Andy, who are, are kind of the, the operating partners of the fund, I'm a general partner, but they're operating partners of the fund are able to vet deals, walk through, we can lean in, help these entrepreneurs move to the, to the next stage. But, but a, a key thesis is, um, is like any technology, we don't think about the internet. 
we think about the layer on top of the internet that simplifies our use. And so, so, so the onboarding of billions of people onto Bitcoin will be done through products that simplify people's lives. Um, and those products and, and, and uh, those products or uh, on top of Bitcoin, on top of that stack are going to be a, be a massive positive investment opportunity, but also drive, drive this in, in, a, in a faster way. And is, is the fund live now? Are you guys already like yeah, actively we're, we're, now, we're, we're right now we're, we're fundraising, but uh, we've, uh, we've, uh, <laughs> the response has been, I, I've been blown away by wow. the response so 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 the, effectively the fund is live right now we're actually uh, we're in the deal flow right now too and investigating and looking at deals that's incredible well, happy to happy to hear that and best of luck to you guys i'm sure you'll you'll absolutely crush it um i, I want to talk about this like kind of overarching theme of kind of this this i guess push to decentralization that we've seen over the last few months um, just cause I think this would probably be like a good general topic to kind of like wrap up on. And, um, you know, lately we've seen like Elon looking to buy Twitter because he's saying that, you know, Twitter isn't active, uh, isn't effectively, you know, um, advocating for free speech enough. You have the stuff around Joe Rogan getting censored earlier this year, um, Canada, you know, everything going on there with the Canada truckers is a massive one. I know that hits home for you. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say there. And, and also, obviously, like Russia and, and Russia essentially getting like their FX reserves frozen. Like, do you think this is just like this slow buildup and we'll see more of these types of things that, in my mind, you know, from, from an outsider's perspective, I feel like would open up my eyes to the value proposition of Bitcoin um, but kind of like, what do you, what do you think about that? And especially like moving forward. So that, so that's exactly what's happening is one system is dying and it, and, and it has to get worse. And one system is building a whole bunch of people. You moved over to the new system. I moved over the, and as you start to see it and what's possible, you get more and more optimistic and you see more and more what's happening and people are moving out of the other system that's getting more and more chaotic into the new system. And that, that phase transition or that transfer, hopefully at kind of at the right time, uh, right place. Yes. The earlier people are going to do better on that phase transition. Um, but, but that's what's happening generally. Um, and, and it's probably also why in, in, in kind of, once you've seen Bitcoin, it's really hard to look back into the matrix and not and and wonder why other people can't see it right but if you think about yourself finding it and what what was the thing that turned the light on for you it might have been um it, it could have been any number of things and you might have heard heard about bitcoin 300 times subconsciously before you investigated it at a deeper level and that's true for everybody and, it, and, and, and you, don't, you never know the thing that's actually going to bring it up into your consciousness. And then you want to investigate it to see, wait, there's something here. You're saying you hear the word Bitcoin or you hear some of these like preset things that leave you susceptible to understanding it. Exactly. Yeah. So those, those preset things, it could be what I said about technology is deflationary, right? You, if you just said that and said, why do we have inflation if more and more of the world's moving on top of technology? That might be one of those things that breaks through a whole bunch of preconditions for, for somebody to be able to look at it at a deeper level. 
it might be how do you solve climate from a system that must grow forever it might be um it might be inflation it might be a, a crazy inflation rate that finally tips somebody over to say what's going on my gas prices just went up 30 percent, or my rent prices and i can't keep up anymore so all of these things and all of the the kind of knowledge the the uh, the building of knowledge and more and more people joining the new system are just things that bring more and more people over time. I think that's a, a great place to wrap it up. And, you know, I guess that's kind of how the, the world gets orange filled, right? Um, before we wrap up, it, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, this was a blast, you know, very rarely do I like actually go back and listen back to the episodes, but for this one, I'm definitely going to have to do that. Um, I want to give you a quick plug um, you know, maybe you could hand off people to the fund or anything else. I'm sure almost everyone listening knows about your book, but maybe hand off to that as well. Yeah, no, it's just, it, um, I, I think you know me well. I don't need a plug for, for anything. Just uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, at Jeff Booth on, on, on Twitter. And, uh, and, and I just, I, one thing I will say, Will, is, is this. People thank me for what I've kind of in, in Bitcoin, but it's actually probably the other way around. I actually get more from this community than I give. And, uh, and, and it, it's a crazy great community of, of, of really smart people that make the entire network and, 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 plot, and kind of Bitcoin stronger and stronger all the time. So, so it's, I can't actually, I can't believe I get to do what I get to do right now. Yeah, it's incredible. And, um, you know, I, I think not, not to like, just keep going here. But, um, you know, I think like with Bitcoin, it's, it's very interesting, because it incentivizes people to help it. But at the totally. same time, it's gonna, it's gonna succeed without you. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, it, it reminds me of that meme. It's like hop in loser, right? It's like all the girls in the, <laughs> in the drop top, right? And it's like, you know, you could, you, you can either join us or, or not because Bitcoin's going to succeed without you. But at the same time, you get very greatly uh, rewarded for helping out the protocol, even just from like an ideological standpoint. Yeah, you, you meet other great people who are uh, do, uh, doing that as well, but it's going to succeed without me. It's going to succeed without you. It's going to keep on. But it, it, that's the beautiful thing. It's all of us instead of one of us. Yeah, Absolutely. Jeff Booth, everybody, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll have to get you on maybe in a, in a quarter or two from now. Sounds great, Will. Thanks. All right, take care.